Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In this sparkling romance, already tomorrow in Hong Kong, Ruby, a Chinese-American toy designer from Los Angeles, is visiting Hong Kong for the first time on business. Finding herself stranded, she meets Josh, an American expat who shows her the city. Mandering through the nighttime streets, pulsing with energy and possibility, they fall into a winding and carefree conversation, buoyed by an undeniable attraction. I'm going to leave it there because we have with us the writer and the director and the producer. That's not three people. That's one person. That is mm-hmm. Emily Ting. Emily, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Uh, I, I, there's so many things to uh, talk about in terms of the film mm-hmm. that I really liked a lot. Um, not the least of which is casting. I think everything about this, mm-hmm. the, it's, there's a lot to hear. Um and I and I, it's you could call it broadly speaking a romantic comedy, but it it's uh-huh. just a lot more than that. There's a lot more angles and a lot more um, defying of expectations uh, that go along with a, a film that generally is a film like like uh-huh. this. So tell me a little bit about you wrote this story. Where did all of the uh-huh. the ideas come from for already tomorrow in Hong Kong? Yeah. Um- so much of this film is autobiographical and so personal to me. I had actually lived in Hong Kong for five years as an expat. So from the very beginning, I started with the location. Before I even had the story, I knew I wanted to make a movie in Hong Kong um, because I just knew it was such a cinematic and romantic city. But I feel like I never really saw that portrayed in films, at least films that are sort of um, released to Western audiences. I feel like when you say Hong Kong cinema, you think of Kung Fu or, you know, John Woo films or action films. Um, you know, besides the films of maybe Wong Kar Wai, you know, you don't see a lot of uh, romances coming out of Hong Kong, especially English language romances. So it was very much um, sort of my idea to make a love letter to Hong Kong. Um, so I, I had the idea for a while, and then one night I actually, you know, like what happened in the movie actually happened to me. So I had a real-life encounter that ended, you know, pretty similarly to what happened in the film, and that sort of gave me the inspiration to write this particular story. Well, and it is... Uh I I won't even I don't want to give too much away about the film, mm-hmm, yeah. but there mm-hmm. but there I like the way you ended it. I I really do. I think that yeah, okay. you, you <laughs> defied expectations in many ways in a good way, and and so I'm gonna I want our audience to run out and see this film, but I'm right. just gonna leave it there because it, it's it's really cool, and I think uh, in some ways it uh, it it a lot of films like this tend to for lack of a better way to put it, insult our intelligence. By the end of the film, you're, mm. you're rolling your eyes, and, you know, there's a lot of that. Co- not here, and I, and I appreciate that. Now, good, it, good, good. yeah, there's the, the part of this that uh, makes, what makes this film work is uh, the, the chemistry, really, between Josh right. and, and, mm-hmm. and Ruby, and that's played mm-hmm. by Jamie Chung, uh, Ruby is, and then Brian Greenberg uh, is, plays the part of Josh, the American expat. Mm-hmm. 
obviously a huge part of making this a success is the casting. Tell me a little bit about what went into that for you and, and, mm-hmm. and the film producer. Yeah, um, I got really lucky with the casting. Um, I don't know if you knew before you were uh, when you were watching the film that they're a real life couple, um, and I think a lot of people who didn't know that were surprised, but were also not surprised because the chemistry between them was so great. Um, and I got really lucky because I had always envisioned Jamie Chun for the role of Ruby because I just think she's one of the greatest Asian-American actresses working right now. And there's just so few of them, unfortunately, um, because there's just not a lot of roles for Asian-American actresses. And she is the one who really sort of broke out. Um, so I've been a fan of hers for a really long time. But I, you know, I didn't know how to get to her. I didn't know how to get a script to her. Brian Greenberg, on the other hand, I had worked with on a little indie film called The Kitchen that I produced that came out in 2012. So it was at the LA premiere of that film that I got to talk with Brian. I was like, and he's like, oh, what are you working on next? And I told him about this project, about the script that I I had written that's all set in Hong Kong uh, between a Chinese-American girl and uh, an expat. And right away, he's like, wow, that sounds the perfect movie for my girlfriend. Did you know I was dating Jamie Chan? And all of a sudden, the stars just sort of aligned. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, Brian, that is so crazy because she's my first choice for this movie. Would you mind passing the script along to her? So I did the very Hollywood thing, and I sent him the script, um, and he passed it along to Jamie. And when I emailed him the script, I said, well, clearly there's a male role as well. So, you know, if the film resonates with you, you could play the male part, and you guys could do it together. Um, And I think that's what really drew them to the project. And they read the script, and I think two weeks after I passed it along to them, they wrote me and said they're both in. And that's really, really fast by... uh, Hollywood standards, usually you're waiting for an actor to, you know, like three months up to a year to, to read your script. So so I got really lucky with that. And they came on board uh, pretty much right away. And from then on, you know, like we, we worked on the script together and they came on as executive producers um, to really help shape the story. Well, they're both they're really very good together. There is mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. a chemistry. I mean, I, w- I w- didn't know that they were together, if yeah. you will. And it's funny, I was watching a, a preview of another a trailer for another film, and they're also in another film, and I, I, I just can't remember the name right now. Is it called A Year and Change? That could be. It. Or, or what? Yeah, so it was a movie. Uh, it was A Year and Change or Flock of Dudes. They no, were it's a year of change. movies together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw. I just I saw him, and I said, "Oh mm-hmm. my god!" I th- you know. So it was just one of those things. Just coincidentally, last yeah. night I happened to be looking at some some trailers, and I saw him again. So obviously they work well together. And I, I don't know how much of an impact your film has had on the other films that they're in together. It was who knows. I, I, mm. don't, I don't know those things. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but they there's an easy. Uh, chemistry. It's an easy chemistry. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that shows. Yeah, it really does. Um, and the other, the other thing about the film uh, already tomorrow in in Hong Kong is uh, this. Uh, the other star of the film is Hong Kong, and mm-hmm, you alluded mm-hmm. to it earlier. Uh, and I, by some you know coincidence, I've actually spent time. I spent about a week in Hong Kong. Oh. And oh, great. Yeah, so I've stood. I was on the ferry. There were a lot of locations that you yes. shot at that I had <laughs> that actually I had right? walked right through them. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so it was terrific. And you did the city justice. It is uh, an amazing mm-hmm. 
thriving metropolis. My God. Um, so uh, yeah. So cinematography. I guess that's a, an important part mm-hmm. of what you what you were trying oh, to accomplish mm-hmm. with this film. Talk to us a little bit about that and who worked on the film for you. On that. Yeah. Um, so I had brought my DP Josh Silfen over from from the U.S. Um, I, 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 we use mostly a local crew, but I brought over some keys. And, you know, like the first person that I signed on before I even had a producer actually was my DP. Like I, I worked with him. I, you know, I, I met him in, in, um, at NYU film school. So we've just, we've been working together for a long time. And usually, I mean the producer capacity and he's the DP. Um, so I had actually flew him out probably six months before production because he's never been to Hong Kong before. So while I really trusted his ability as a DP because he he's never been to Hong Kong before, I just wasn't sure if he could capture the city the way I see the city. So we actually took a um, scouting trip probably six months before production where I flew him out and we did some camera tests and I walked him through all of the locations that I was thinking of um, using in the film, and I think we spend a week in Hong Kong doing that, and I think that was really, really helpful, especially for a foreign shoot like this. Um, it was after the trip that I sort of hired him um, officially because I, I just wanted to make sure he could capture the city the way I wanted to be, and also I um, I I wanted Hong Kong to look romantic but also the way it looks like i didn't want it to be too glossy and too overlit um like if you see the way we shot the film it was very it was very simple mm-hmm. we it, we exposed for the background and light the actors with a um china ball mm-hmm. on a on a boom pole and that's it there's if you go and watch other films being shot in Hong Kong on location. It's a huge production. I mean, there's like, you know, like lights everywhere and like tracks and it's, it's a huge production and they were like close off the streets. Um, and I didn't, and we've seen films shot, like we watch a lot of films shot in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. and they all have a very glossy look, you know, almost like a perfume commercial in a way. And like, it's Mm -hmm. not really what I wanted the look to be. And also we adopted a um, handheld aesthetic paired with um, uh, long steady cam shots so that it has this very kind of immediate um, and intimate feel. So nothing felt very glossy, but yet, you know, people, people love the cinematography because I think it really represents Hong Kong as it is. And, you know, we, we framed everything, we lit everything to highlight the city itself. Right. And the actors did these two characters sort of just become, um, you know, you know, it's like the environment is happening around them. Right. And that's what we wanted to well, highlight. Well, I would go yeah. back to, by the way, we're speaking with Emily Ting and she's the director of the film already mm-hmm. tomorrow in Hong Kong. Um, uh, what I liked about it, the opening sequ- the opening credits you do. Mm-hmm. That's where there are just a oh, co- yeah. there are just a couple of key parts of the film where you really focus on Hong Kong. The rest of it, you know, you're in Hong Kong, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the two of them. You can tell they're walking down the streets in Hong Kong, and they get to the what do they call the escalator? What's it called? The um, the mid level escalator. Yeah, that blew my mind. I got to tell you, when I was there, that was uh, that was wild. <laughs> yeah. Because if, if I'm not mistaken. In the morning, it it it's uh, it, 
goes, goes one down. way, yeah, and then in the, in uh-huh. the evening it goes up, or some point during it the day up. it goes yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and it's just this huge people mover. I mean, that's really it's just a oh yeah, it's a massive amount of people moving up uh, throughout the city, and it's really <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like that in a yeah. sort of a public and way. That was one of the locations that I absolutely like wanted to have in the movie, but. So this is this is this is probably going to be anybody who's ever been to Hong Kong. This is their biggest complaint. Like that is not the right way to go to Long Kai Swan because you would go down you would go down the escalator and not up the escalator. Like you would right you would, you would walk down the slope and not up. Mm-hmm. But like you pointed out during that time of filming, the escalators were only going up. Mm-hmm. So there was no way we could reverse the direction of the escalators. <laughs> so we're like, well. Let's just have them right up the escalators because who would know that, right. you know, the way to Long Quai Fun is to go down. Um, so people in the know had pointed out to me, but oh. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Like, I would rather have the mid-level escalators in my movie yes. than to make the direction correct. There's always someone who's got a, you know, oh, know. you didn't yeah. know this, the, whatever. So, uh, but I, my point is, is that th- there are some key uh, scenes in which you see sort of the the sexiest uh, shots in the film are mm-hmm. of the, mm-hmm. the the harbor, the the skyline, uh, all those kinds of things. And it so you you it's that you know you're in Hong Kong by virtue of this yeah. sort of visual cues. But generally, the film, as you said, is it feels handheld. Walking down the mm-hmm. streets, you know, hailing a cab, all the things they're on the ferry, all the things that um, are about the characters and the character development and the arc of the story are pretty much as as, as you described. It's it's a very intimate film, um, mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, so, well, as, so as a writer, director, and and producer, tell me a little bit about how you sort of filled these different roles mm-hmm. what, what was the yeah. the most challenging of those of those roles that you were uh, that you embarked on um well as a producer i mean i started out in indie films as a producer so i would produce other people's movies as a way to kind of learn the craft before i felt i was ready to um, write and direct my first feature uh, in terms of producing this film, you know, it was just me and this project for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like I had to go out and find the actors and I had to go out um, and get the financing. Um, the hardest part actually was in finding a producing partner in Hong Kong because I had no connections whatsoever in Hong Kong, uh, even though I lived there. As an expat, I, I, I was not in the film industry in Hong Kong. Um, so actually it was like finding that first producing partner who could take care of the day-to-day on the ground while I was directing. That took a while. And in fact, there was a moment where I had the money, I had the actors, but I had no producer. And that is usually the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I found Sophia Sheck, who, who did become you know my producer on the ground in Hong Kong, that everything sort of came together um you know like someone who who knows local crews someone who knows local you know um rental houses and how to get permits and and all that i mean she even dealt with we had to deal with a triad when we were in hong kong um stuff that we were shooting in uh all the temple street the night market stuff that's all triad territory so you can't just file permits with the government you have to you know, like actually go talk to a fixer who's a liaison to the triad bosses and make sure it's, it's all kosher to shoot there. So that's the kind of stuff that I would have never known 
to take care of. Well, you know, Emily, and, Emily, and you that takes expo- someone who has experience. <laughs> Emily, you got to explain to us is try. If I think I know what you're saying when you say it's try like gangsters. It. gangsters, gangsters. Thank you. I yes. Th- that's so I guess were. when you see these gangster movies come out of Hong Kong, that's that's for real. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and yeah. yeah. Well, well, going back to something you said earlier. Um, by the way, we're mm-hmm. speaking with Emily uh, Ting. The the film is already. Tomorrow in Hong Kong. Tomorrow in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And it's opening here? Today. Today. Okay. Yes. At the, is it the... Uh, Pasadena thank Lemley. You. That's right. The, that's right. The Lemley in Pasadena. That's right. It's opening in mm-hmm. New York. It's opening all around the country, actually. You've got yeah, a really 10 nice cities, release. Yeah. Uh, 10 cities around the country and also on demand on iTunes, um, cable VOD, uh, Amazon, Google right. Play. All sorts of good stuff. Well, congratulations on the multi, yeah, the multi-platform release in the, in the ten cities and uh, all that. Um, but I do want to go back to something you said earlier, which I think mm-hmm. is so important, and you it goes back to Hitchcock, right? You've got your mm. script, you've got your actors, and you've got your cinematographer. You pretty much mm-hmm. you've locked down the most important things in the production of film. I mean, I haven't made the films. Uh, obviously, I don't. I mean, haven't made a film, so you know better than I. But those seem mm-hmm. to be the elements in talking to so many different filmmakers. That once you mm-hmm. are confident in your cinematographer, once you know that they're getting the look that you're after, yeah, it mm-hmm. really takes so much of the burden of actually working with the actors and making sure that they're hitting their marks and doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And then would that be an accurate assessment of? Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I really think like the biggest thing I learned from this whole process as a first time director, like, the trick is to just hire the best possible crew you can. Honestly, I mean, like, I feel like I was surrounded by such competent, like great people. You know, the producer took care of all the nitty gritty and then I have absolute faith in my cinematographer um, and the entire sort of like camera department and then and then it's just me and these two actors you know and there I, I just think like it was such a great experience because I was surrounded by so many great and you know experienced crew members who were there to help me realize my vision you know every single one of them have done their job before but I was the you know, but I have never done my job as a as a, as a feature director, mm-hmm. and they really helped me and supported me mm-hmm. instead of making me feel insecure. You know, they really supported me, so I was very grateful for that for sure. And, and I'm going to say something about the film in terms of uh, just sort of as, as someone as an audience member. It's mm-hmm. just really just two people. There are very few other yeah. other people even in the film, mm-hmm. but yet it doesn't feel like that. It feels like there's a lot more going oh, on good. than just the good. the interaction between these two. Yeah, and I I like the fact that it it does change the time frame in their relationship, mm. and mm-hmm. so that gives a, I think that gives some some depth to their relationship. And, and mm. I just uh, you, there's enough going on in the film that it's not just two people walking down the street talking. Right. There's, it feels good, good. It feels like there's more going on than that, uh, which is yeah. I mean that's a, that's I think it's pretty cool that you w- were able to give us just mo- a more visual palette, I guess to to uh, mm-hmm. to watch in the in the make and in, in this film um, than than that. Um, 
so we're speaking with Emily Ting. She's the director, and I said writer and producer of Already Tomorrow uh-huh. in Hong Kong. It's opening here in Los Angeles at the NoHo 7 in North Hollywood, and it's also uh, open. Oh, no, I, the Pasadena. I'm so sorry. Lemley Pasadena. Well, let me time out. <laughs> Pasadena Playhouse. Uh, yes. Lemley. I, I apologize. Yeah, here today. No worries. And, uh, this, today is uh, obviously February 12th, 2016, and you also, it's also available on multiple platforms. You can always go to alreadytomorrowfilm.com and find out more Mm -hmm. about it, and uh, you you can always go to radiofilmschoolradio.com if you feel like it, and we'll direct you to where you need to know. Well, what, now moving forward, um, and by the way, Mm -hmm. the distributor, you got a good distributor as well, and this is always an important thing. Gravitas Ventures picked up the film. Gravitas, mm -hmm. And also the the reviews have been terrific. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, I mean, this is the the LA Times, Seattle Times, Village Voice, Mm -hmm. IndieWire. It's been getting a lot of praise and and deservedly so um, for for the work you did here. Mm -hmm. Now, you you mentioned earlier there the dearth of uh high profile asian actors um mm. do you how do you feel generally and not that i expect you to speak entirely mm-hmm. on you know on the mm-hmm. on the state of of asian cinema but mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. feeling like there are some progress being made do you feel like things are are beginning to or are in the process um, of getting better i certainly hope so but um you know, even someone as talented as Jamie Chun, and I think she's probably the one Asian American actress who's really broken out. But even even then, this is her first time ever to play a romantic lead in a movie. Mm-hmm. I think people, I think people probably don't even realize what a big deal this is that you're seeing an Asian American woman and you know and a Jewish guy on on a poster you know, in 10 theaters around the country. You know, it's like we see it, you know, I made this very much as, uh, you know, it's a nice romantic comedy for Valentine's Day weekend. Um, I didn't want their sort of cross-culturalness to to be like the center of the film because they're just two people connecting to each other. But that is very much, I mean, it's it's, it's right there on the poster. And... um, and, you know, I, I hope more movies like this do get made that, like, regardless of your race, it's like, why can't, you know, why can't you be the romantic lead? Like, why can't there be a cross-cultural romance and, and not have people bat an eye? Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, you know, it's it's just sort of this movie's out there and people are connecting to these two characters. And while their race play a little bit into it in some of the sort of criticisms for the film, but I think for the most part, people have embracing these film as just two, these two particular characters connecting. Yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, so I don't know if I, I answer your question or not, but I'm just saying, I hope that like Asian American actors and actresses could both get the chance in the future. It's like, why can't they be, you know, cast as the romantic lead and, you know, regardless of their race, like I don't want them to only be pigeonholed into what they can only being Asian American films or that if you have an asian american lead then you can only do the asian american film festivals and not have a wide release and i think this movie you know really broke out of that that mold and i think i was very lucky with that because i am asian american and i and i made a movie that was very much um representative of my my experience and yet you know it's getting a, a really good 
release and it's not being sort of pigeonholed to like, oh, well, no one wants to see an Asian film, which a lot of my friends have, have gotten in the past and it's, it's really depressing. Well, it's a terrific film, and I'm, I'm happy for you, you. I'm happy for uh, for the actors in it, and I expect uh, great things from you. I hope that in the uh, the next project comes along, you, you find some time to come back and talk to us about it. And uh, you know, c- congratulations on on the film and and yeah. what I hope is a a long and storied career for you, Emily. Um, thank you for being thank here. You. On, thank you. Thank you for being on Film School today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. The director, writer, producer, Emily Ting. The film is Already Tomorrow in Hong Kong. You can go to alreadytomorrowfilm.com to find out more about the film and where it's screening and all the platforms it's on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.